distinguishing love from emotions. I feel this is one of the most delightful, amazing, wonderful conversations we can have. I feel this conversation is difficult to have early on in our journey, in our maturity. It takes a little while to reach a stage where we can take enough responsibility for our emotions, that we can see them for what they are and make a very clear distinction between emotions and love. I think the immature person, man and woman, runs with these two things fused together. And it, I think it's a very infantile view of love that the soothing of emotions is what love is. The soothing of negative or harsh emotions is what love is. Or that if you love me, you would really care for all my emotions. These are very immature, childish stances. And I see people kind of drowning in them way into their years and certainly into their 30s, men and women who are still trying to solve their love needs through this approach to emotions that somehow how we manage each other's emotions is what love is and uh, doesn't seem to work. <laughs> doesn't seem to work. Uh, they can spend many, many, many hours together processing away, talking about emotions, caring about each other's emotions, and yet neither of them actually feels loved. Neither of them even actually gets to be seen very deeply. It is all a very kind of infantile contract of trying to soothe each other, which doesn't really work after a certain point in our maturity. I feel it's important to, it's, this is where the energetic model, the chakra model of our body and our system, I feel, can be really, really useful. Even if you don't believe in it, it's like a good model to keep in mind, right? So if you believe in the idea that we have chakras, let's start to a seven chakra system and that we have subtle bodies and one of the bodies is, an emo is the emotional body. So imagine this, you know, fuzzy electrical layer inside of you in the shape of your body. Just play along. Imagine that's your emotional body and that this is kind of an electric field, very sophisticated, layered, complicated electric field. And any zing in this system, any zing in this emotional body registers to us as a feeling, as an emotion. Right? You're sitting calmly in meditation, maybe for a moment, you're like, the emotional body is completely calm, completely rippleless. And then, let's say a nagging thought occurs, a worry occurs, a bad memory from yesterday occurs, and all of a sudden, that thought, that memory, creates a zing of emotion in the emotion body, and now you feel it. Now you're having an experience of emotion. So where did the emotion originate in this case? It can originate in any and every thought. Any and every thought we have creates generally creates an impulse in the emotional body. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to, but generally it does. If you are really Zen and you're able to observe your thought, 
that is exactly the diminishment you will see in the emotional body. The thought will be there, but the emotion will dampen. This is what the Zen people will say, just observe the thought. Don't live it out. To live it out, you follow its reverberations into the emotion body. And usually we are living in thought-emotion bundles. Most of us have no awareness, even at the trigger point. But a thought has occurred, we don't even know the thought has occurred. The thought has triggered an emotional wave in the emotion body, and now we are feeling the emotion. Oftentimes we are not even aware we are feeling the emotion. We may become aware of it. Hours later, the next day, maybe at the therapist's couch, four days later, that somebody said something, that triggered something in my brain, that triggered some emotion, and I've been stewing in that emotion for three days. Right? This is our emotional existence. This, these are the occurrences in our emotional body. A thought can trigger an emotion. A memory can trigger an emotion. Something we hear from somebody that triggers something, a thought, a memory, can trigger an emotion. One of the biggest bundles of emotion-generating triggers in our system is the third chakra, where all our thoughts about ourselves live. The me, me, me thoughts. Our thoughts about our self-worth, our thoughts about how somebody is perceiving me, how somebody is treating me, how somebody feels about me, is somebody saying anything bad about me, image, identity, ego management, concerns of me, 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 me. Any insult, any injury, any diminishment, any ding to the identity, and it ripples emotions in the emotion body. We are very sensitive here. Right? When we encounter somebody hypersensitive in this particular area, we say they are very thin-skinned. Anything, any zing to their identity, to their ego, and they could have an outburst because there is like no buffer between their negative thoughts and perceptions about themselves and the amount and volume of emotion that can generate in this person's system. They're short-fused, right? So this is our emotional reality. It is a glorious mess. There's nothing like it. It is ringing like a rusty doorbell, probably 24-7, we are feeling emotions in our dreams. Our dreams generate emotions in our emotional body. When we wake up from a dream, we are immediately aware of the emotions in our body that we've been feeling while dreaming. It's what nightmares are. It's what bad dreams are. We feel it. <sighs> Felt like shit. In sleep, in sleep, our emotional body is ringing. Right. This is like our reality, the occurrences of our emotional body and all the emotions we are feeling, all the ways that thing is going ding, 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 wave, 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 wave. It's like this is what we live in. A constant thing of emotions. It's quite a mess. And this to us is our internal, quote-unquote, reality. This is our internal reality. The trauma that's been there since we were three years old and continuously pings our emotional body, continuously generates particular sets of emotion in our body. 
day after day after day has been doing it for 20 years. That is our quote-unquote reality. The thing somebody told you three days ago, which you may have actually misheard, they may not even have said that, but you heard it, and it created a ping in your emotional system, and your system is still ringing. Three days later, while you're eating your lunch, you're still thinking about that thing, and it's still generating that emotion, and people sitting across from you could look at your face and tell which emotion you're feeling, because you're living it. Your emotional body is ringing with that emotion. Feelings. Fine, absolutely fine, in a way, amazing. In a way, this is the human ride. But we got to slow down and ask ourselves question number one what does any of that have to do with love? What does the entire cacophonous symphony of our emotional body have to do with love? What do your feelings have to do with love? If you look at it from that perspective, if you believe we have a, whether you believe we have an emotional, energetic body or not, even if you're a complete agnostic in, in those woo woo layers of our humanity, let's say you're completely scientific, well, you at least believe we have emotions. So let's, wherever you place them, you're a complete, you, at least you believe in psychotherapy and emotions and emotions are important to our well-being and our life. Wherever you place them, you do agree they are running all the time. You do agree our memories trigger emotions, our thoughts trigger emotions. Our physical discomfort triggers emotions. Certainly all our concerns about ourselves in social situations and remembering how somebody treated us, they generate emotions in our body. What does any of that have to do with love? Where is love in that entire diagram? I haven't had the need to mention it even once while describing the cacophony of the emotional body. Where is it? What does love have to do with feelings? What does love have to do with emotions? Right? I'll tell you what it does have to do with emotions. Once again, imagine yourself as a two-year-old and a three-year-old. When we are two years old, when we are three years old, when we are one-year-old, our systems are just so still uh, tender and interwoven, the bodies, that essentially physical pain is emotional pain. Physical discomfort registers as negative emotion. Babies cry. Whatever problem a baby has, the baby's going to cry. Most of the time, the baby's crying because it's in physical discomfort, right? Uh, anything hurts in the body and it expresses emotional distress. That's all it can do, right? And what is the optimal outcome in that? The optimal outcome is there is a loving mother nearby. And the mother comes and picks up the baby and soothes the baby in whatever way. Maybe the baby needs food. Maybe the baby needs to poop. Maybe the baby needs to burp. Right? A handful of 
regular discomforts that come into the baby's body, the infant's body. And the mother is able to reduce that pressure, to reduce that discomfort. And we feel good. We feel reset. And that's amazing. That's great. It feels really good. And it's very logical that our first understanding of love is someone who can soothe my system, who can soothe essentially my emotional body, the discomfort, the ringing in my emotional body, the alarm in my emotional body. Somebody can come and soothe that. And to do, do that is an act of love. And to receive that is to receive love. From an infant's perspective, it's a pretty logical equation to make. As an adult, the equation kind of runs its course and becomes a limitation. If you are still in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, and you think the way somebody expresses love to you is by soothing your emotion, you are still an infant. And many people are stuck at that stage. They think somebody loving them is somebody soothing their emotions. It seems like a very logical thing to say. If you, So here's the thing. So can you imagine somebody saying, I love you, but I don't care about your feelings? People will say, well, that's absurd. That person is obviously confused. They don't know what love is. What do you mean you love me, but you don't care about my feelings? Because go back and ask yourself in the model of the feeling body where the hell love was. Where was love? If you place love at the heart chakra at the fourth center and your emotional body is being triggered by thoughts, memories, concerns about yourself, insults and injuries, and that's what your system is that needs soothing, where is love in the equation? Where is the love in the picture? I think this is a very infantile model of love. And I see it in overdrive right now. I think we are the most feeling generation that has ever lived, and we are the most love-starved generation that has ever lived. We have oodles and oodles of emotions, and we have very little access to our love. And that's because we have adopted a very juvenile attitude both towards our emotions and towards love. That you think if somebody loves you, they really care about your feelings. And if that if somebody really loves you, they spend a lot of time and energy soothing your feelings. And I think on both ends, this is juvenile. Both people are stuck. On the men's side, this is where I see the lover boy archetype. Today's men's are experts in women's emotions. They truly are the best that have ever lived. Today's men are the best 
and most avid processors of women's emotions that have ever lived on this planet. But I don't think you women actually feel loved by them or for them. I don't think you're in a love connection with all those men who who are so eager to sit down with you and braid your hair and talk to you about your emotions for two hours. I see a generation of women today who are drowning in processing and starving for love from the same men. You've conflated the two. And it's not working, but a lot of you still don't have any awareness of what the hell is happening. You're still conflating emotions and feelings with love. And you think the man expressing his love for you is about the man caring a lot about your feelings. You all have been with men who have cared a lot for all your feelings and had has made absolutely no contribution to your heart journey. Those are all your lover boys and fuck boys of today. They actually love talking to you about your feelings. They will, they will, they will love hearing about your feelings, and now they will tell you about their own feelings. They love talking about their feelings too. They're all feelings. Double the feelings. Less than half the love. It's really a stupid game. And why are the men doing this? Because they got their own training from their single mothers. They grew up believing doing something or even trying to do something about the emotions of an overwhelmed mother was what masculinity was about. They really got a raw deal. It's a really bad piece of programming. Today's generation of young men, even older men at this point, they have grown up in the same paradigm that expressing love to a woman means managing and soothing her emotions. Managing and soothing her emotional body. This is a very infantile model of love. That my job here, the only way I express my love to you is to soothe your emotions. This is really childish. And it actually has, it is so far away from true love. It is so far away from actual heart activation, actual experiences of love, of devotion, of adoration of surrender. Those feelings, those hard activations also generate emotions of their own. They actually generate very heavy, big waves in the emotional body when they get activated. Right? But if your response to turbulence and currents in your emotional body is that somebody should immediately come and soothe them, then you will not be able to tolerate those heart energies. It takes a lot of maturity to reach a stage where you realize 
reverberations in the emotional body aren't always the problem. They are not a problem to be solved. They may be uncomfortable. It doesn't mean it is something you need to fix right away. In fact, when the fires are burning in the heart center, the emotional body will excruciatingly reverberate. Right? And you know this at some level. Right? I will demonstrate this to you. At least at some peak moments in your life, if you haven't experienced this, you have seen your heroines in novels and TV shows experience this. The peak moments in love where somebody will say, I am just crying from joy. Those peak moments where you may look at your lover, are your children, your life, and your heart is bursting with love and you are aching with it and you know there's nothing wrong. My God, there's nothing wrong right now. I am in a blessed state. And inside, it's like you're dying. And tears are coming down, but you're like, no, these are tears of joy. I am so lucky. You know those peak moments, right? At least you understand what they are. In those peak moments, we, we have that wisdom that there is a lot of turbulence in my emotional body right now, but it is nothing that needs to be fixed. And please don't fix it. I want to feel this. This is good. These feelings are telling me how much is happening in my life. How much love I have. How much love is bursting out. Those are beautiful moments. But to understand and appreciate those moments, we can't be in an infantile stage where any turbulence in the emotional body registers as a discomfort that needs to be soothed right now, especially by somebody else who claims they love us because that's their job. This is where the responsibility for our emotional experiences, like really, you need, you need to reach a certain graduate level. Otherwise, it's almost like we don't really deserve those bigger journeys. We won't recognize them. We won't really recognize them as gifts. We will think of them as problems to be solved and to be put away, to be quashed, those activations, because we simply can't handle the sensation and the discomfort in our body. It takes a lot to handle those energies. People say they want things like ecstasy. Ecstasy will kick your fucking ass. It is not easy to hold. It's like holding on to two live wires. If you can hold it for 30 seconds, it would be something. It will fry your circuits. Love is a big goddamn energy. Whereas the petty drama, the tiny reverberations of petty drama in our emotional body, most of it having to do with our value in the third center, that's a small, tiny, regular bullshit. Those are tiny farts in the system. Those are the farts of the infant. You can soothe now, you'll soothe one more again, that child will fart again, and tomorrow again will get gassy and you'll keep farting the kid and bringing them back into comfort. And that's what most people's drama looks like. You trigger my emotions, I will trigger your emotions, and then I will try and soothe your emotions, and you try and soothe my emotions. And 
ain't love grand. It's fine. We'll all have to go through that stage. But if you're ready to come out of that stage, these might be good pointers. It might be good pointers that if you want to play the higher game, take charge of your own emotional system. Right? People are so big on external boundaries, and I'm all in favor of external boundaries, but this is where the ancient wisdoms are wise because they will say outside is outside, but our real work is on the inside. Now, here's what I mean by that, right? If I take responsibility for the occurrences in my emotional body, right? And let's say I have a person in my life who's really not good for me. I'm not good for them. We don't get along. Every time I meet them, I am angry. I get pissed off. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I want, I don't like how I feel when I'm around this person. I'm pretty sure I'll be okay and better off with this person not in my life. Excellent boundaries. I don't want to connect with this person. I don't like what they generate in my system. I think that's great. You should do that. That is good self-care. But here is the here is the bigger question. Where is the bulk of my work regarding all the zinging and pinging that's happening in my emotional body 24-7? Is the bulk of it from the outside? from other people or is the bulk of it my negativity, my pain, my unprocessed trauma, all the bundles of energy in me that may be creating that negative thing, all the way I'm interpreting things, all the way my ego is fragile so that my concerns and thoughts about myself are reverberating in my emotional body. If I really want to take responsibility for this, and ground it and bring it into awareness, the bulk of my work is internal. It's not external. External, maybe a little bit. Set up some boundaries. Remove yourself from people and situations that are creating misery and stress and unhappiness in your life. Absolutely do that much for yourself. But having done that, still the bulk of the work will be on the inside. right? And unless we do this work, actually the possibilities of love remain far away. We don't yet have the capacity to burn, burn in love because love is very uncomfortable emotionally. Love really rings up our emotional system quite a bit. Right? So hopefully, try that on for size. If you are ready to give up drama and step into love, separate Emotions and the soothing of emotions from the energy of love. They truly, they are, to me, they're like not even in the same plane. They have absolutely nothing to do with each other.